0: The Chumbies, Chapter Three Sister. As the voice of people faded in the distance, the Chumbie moved under protection of the shade of the shadows and prowled on all fours of the freshly cleaned tombs. The low, flickering candles lit her naked body as she sniffed each grave. Her eyes reflected the light back as though they were candles themselves. Her limbs were as thin and as gnarled as branches. As she moved, the air rustled against her body. The rustling stopped as she came to the grave by the orange sapling tree. She smelled the scent of a man who had just stopped to talk to her. Pierre, they had called him. And just like Pierre had done earlier, she traced her hand over the name of the wooden cross. She did not recognize it. Her kind did not use markings like these, but she was drawn to something, and the scent arose, the decay, and the rotten wood of the wormy soil beneath. She had recognized of that scent on the child earlier, the one who had come running into the forest, the same one with a wax figure that resembled her sister. She whispered into the ground as gently as the sound of the wind through the leaves. "Is that you?" Her language was known to animals, plants, rocks, and other jumbies, but was but not understood by humans. You never came back. I never knew what happened to you. There was no answer, only the sound of waves crashing the sea. Did you give up your sissy for that child? She looks like she has lived for as long as you have been gone. Did they kill you? Or did you die from being separated from us? She pressed her cheek against the ground and sang, Sister, sister, mine from birth, Rotten now beneath the earth, Mingled bodies mud from mud, Forever lost to human blood. Sister, mine since time began, Sleeping underneath the sand. One is lost, but one is found. A family broken, now make sound. A low rumble emanated the jumbies' chest. It grew louder and louder and ended in a shriek that pierced the air. People in nearby villages heard the scream, but comforted themselves with the thought that it was an owl on the hunt, Or or even it sounded like no owl they had heard before. Muddy tears followed down the jumbie's hollow cheeks. As they touched the ground, they, tur- they turned into centipedes and scattered over the graves. When she stopped crying, she rose to her feet and said, Hush, hush now, sister. We will see if we can be, f- we can be a family again. The jumbie crept along the outskirts of the island, through the, the, the frothy sea where the water grew calm and warm there the open mouth of a swamp rolled from deep inland meandering through a thick mangrove forest with still slick water the jumpy walked into the swamp and followed it to a muddy island an old shack sat askew on it its boards rotting with damp and falling away from the rusty nails that struggled to keep it together. The jumbie called out. It was a low, it was a low, throaty sound. Nearby, the indistinguishable from the croaking of the nearby frogs, the croak from the children's song. Expect that it pierced the air like an arrow. The witch who owned the little shack heard the jumbie's call at once, even though she was standing a mile away from her home. The witch was crouched over a patch of white mushrooms, catching the magic that only came in three hours after midnight. She swatted away the sound of the jumbies' call, like a mosquito at her ears and continued with the work. When the witch did not answer her call, the jumbies' eyes flashed with anger. She broke into the shack and took some small bottles filled with the witch's, the witch's medicines. Then she wrapped her bare skin, Let the green cloth and return to the trees.